This content may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion advised. I feel like it's because I acknowledge that whatever that thing was, I couldn't explain it. I might not have known what danger from a stranger was, but I had this horrible, nauseous feeling when I looked in the car. Then I see blood running down my leg. I see blood on my arm. Two places where he cut me good. From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed. Thanks to Rocket Money for supporting Disturbed. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com disturbed. Welcome back in, everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you four true tales that will terrify and horrify. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. We open the show hearing from Reddit user MajesticBank7542, featuring voice work by Kiona Bashful Echo, and we have a run-in with a serial killer. I am an older woman, and back when I was young, things were different. You could hitchhike from creepy guys in vans. We called them hippies. But it was also a time when serial killers roamed free. I grew up on a farm in South Carolina. No paved roads and not a lot of communication from the outside world. My best friend and I decided to walk to the only store slash post office slash gas station for some candy. Highly unusual because we never had any money. As we were walking, this car came driving by really, really slow. We didn't think anything about it because the roads are not the best. We were not the most worldly kids, and no one ever told us about stranger danger. We knew everyone and talked to anyone who said hi. Well, this car passed, and then we see it turn around. Didn't think much about it, but then it came up to us and stopped. I might not have known what danger from a stranger was, but I had this horrible, nauseous feeling when I looked in the car. Like you see an animal predator and don't know what you should do. All I know is I had the feeling of let's run. My friend must not have gotten that feeling because she went right up to the car. The man was greasy and dirty, but we were used to seeing people like that out working. He asked us if we wanted a ride. She said sure, and I said nah, we need to walk. She looked so mad at me, like I had ruined her day. So she said she was going to walk with me. I could see his hand move like he was going to open the door, and I had a feeling of dread. Everything started to go in slow motion, so I grabbed my friend's arm and pulled her back. Just then, another car was coming from the opposite way, and he drove off. 
She was so mad at me for hurting her arm, and I did leave a couple of bruises. A few years later, she came over and looked like she was going to pass out. She had a newspaper in her hand and couldn't say anything, so I looked at it, and it was the same man who had tried to get us in his car. His name was Pee Wee Gaskins. Here's the link to what a vile, disgusting human he was. And y'all, please don't be afraid to hurt someone's feelings. I was literally taught to obey every adult, but if I had, we wouldn't be here today. Arm yourself. Doesn't matter if it's a firearm, taser, pepper spray, or knife. People are not nice. Mental illness is out of control. Criminals outnumber us. Always be aware. Always follow your gut. Donald Henry Gaskins Jr., nicknamed Pee-wee, was an American serial killer and rapist from South Carolina who stabbed, shot, drowned, and poisoned more than a dozen people. You can find a link with more information about him in the show notes. Get your voice on Disturbed with our hotline, available 24-7, completely free. Tell us your experience or just leave your comments on the show. Visit hotline.disturbedpodcast.com on your mobile device or computer. Next up, we check in with an anonymous Reddit user, featuring voice work by Matt Bradford and we try to make sense of an early memory. For some context, I'm in my mid-twenties, work in marketing and sales, have a girlfriend, and we have a son and a baby daughter on the way. I don't smoke, don't drink, don't take pills, and I don't have any diagnosed mental illnesses or disorders. I was always very healthy and a happy kid with a decent childhood, and even nowadays, I'm a happy person. I work hard, but I still believe I'm privileged in some ways. I'd like to get this off my chest and try to understand if others have also had this happen to them. The earliest memory I have is from when I was possibly three or four years old. The best way to describe what I was seeing from my point of view was almost like I was a robot being turned on for the first time. Everything was stark. I remember knowing I was conscious, but for a good five to ten seconds, I couldn't see anything. That's when I finally could see something. But for some reason, everything was in shades of black and white. My eyes adjusted to the light, and I found myself seated in what I believe was my parents' kitchen, fixated on a white tumble dryer as the clothes inside spun around. I couldn't move, and it was total silence. I remember feeling helpless such a weird feeling to describe. Suddenly, total darkness again, but my consciousness remained intact. It was as if I had just discovered my own existence and I was feeling helpless and kind of afraid, because I didn't want to be in total darkness forever. I wasn't sure what was going on. The darkness lingered for what seemed like an eternity. I finally regained my vision, and I woke up in a completely black world. Around me were some sort of white towering structures that resembled pillars, with figures made of white smoke perched on top. I couldn't make out any features except for their general presence. I would guess there were dozens of them, staring at me. 
The landscape stretched into what seemed like a labyrinth, and as I tried to make sense of it all, the ground started shaking. I turned around as fast as I could, and a colossal, perfectly round white sphere is coming my way. This is all happening so fast that I wasn't really sure of what to do, so I just panicked and started running around. Again, the feeling of helplessness and fear makes me sweat just thinking about it. I ran as fast as I could, but the ball was too fast. It crashed into me. My memory is crystal clear of me being totally crushed. Thankfully, there was no pain, only a paralyzing fear. I remember feeling the presence of the white smoke figures around me. Strangely, I felt safe when I sensed them arrive near me. I didn't sense malevolence or that they were going to hurt me. And after getting crushed, it was darkness again. This time, it was as if my consciousness had disappeared. I don't remember a single thing. Until my fifth birthday, that is. Then, I have absolutely normal childhood memories. Birthdays, playing with toys, my siblings, exploring nature, first day of school, and stuff. For years and years, I didn't remember any of this. It wasn't until I was maybe 15 years old that I remember the first memory, when I was alone at home playing some video games. As the memories of that happening rushed back, I I literally started shaking in fear, and the feeling was so vivid that I had my first, and thankfully only, panic attack. I just laid on my bed. Tears started pouring down my face, and I couldn't catch my breath. I eventually calmed down by doing some breath exercises and praying. I'm not a religious person, but yeah. Once I calmed down, I was still really depressed for a few weeks after this experience, and just didn't understand what had happened and where this weird fucking memory came from. I eventually just decided to attribute it to kids seeing and experiencing weird shit. It wasn't real, right? Yeah, that's my first weird memory and story. I never shared it with anybody, and once in a while, especially if I'm quiet, reading or doing something with no noise around me, the memory comes back and I can relive that shit in my head very vividly. You're listening to Disturbed from Disturbed Media. Have you guys noticed how it seems like we keep getting sucked into paying for more and more subscription services? I took a look recently at all these services that I had signed up for and I was shocked. And did you know that over 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Honestly, I can see how this would happen because when I did my own deep dive, I actually found two of my own. Think of how many free trials you've subscribed to that you've probably never cancelled. This is why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills, all in one place. Now most people think that they're spending around $80 on subscriptions, but the real number is closer to $200, and this is exactly what happened to me. Think of all the streaming services alone, where you quickly just join the trial to watch one show or a series, and then you forget about it. It's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for. Then think of how annoying and time-consuming it is to go in, find out what you're still paying for, and then go to that website, log in, find a way to cancel it. It's such a process. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money can even negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. 
Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash disturbed. That's rocketmoney.com slash disturbed. Using our special link helps support the podcast. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men. And the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Disturbed. Now, back to the horror. Next up, we check in with Reddit user Last Ditch Lena, featuring voice work by Nicole Doolin, and we have an experience on a late night hike. I'd like to preface by saying that I got home about an hour ago and this actually happened. I never have paranormal encounters and genuinely try to approach everything with a questioning mind. My partner and I like to hike at a local park late at night. It's a historic park in Pennsylvania, about 3,500 acres in size, that spans over into the Maryland and Delaware borders. One of the trails allows you to cross through all three states. The entire park is mostly dense woods with a creek running through. Usually we park near an old church with a Revolutionary War cemetery that is famous for a grave known as the Ticking Tomb. I've been to every corner of this park, day or night. We usually hike a short loop that is roughly a half mile in length. We've walked this trail literally thousands of times and never once felt anything strange. But tonight was different. We made a spontaneous decision to go on a night hike and left the house at about 10.45 p.m. I decided to take the narrow dirt road to our usual parking spot rather than driving a mile up the road to a paved access road like we normally do. About halfway down the ragged dirt and gravel road as we rounded a corner, an animal dashed across the road in the path of our headlights. I've never seen anything like this animal, 
and I've never seen an animal that size in this area that I couldn't immediately identify. Its size was somewhere between a dog and a human, and it moved so quickly it almost looked like it flew. A literal black blur with some hazy details and bright silver eyes. My partner also saw it. I'm generally a skeptic, so I just wrote it off, and we both just kind of explained it away. We made it to our parking spot and pretty much resolved not to talk about it and continue on as usual. Immediately when we got onto the trail, we noticed the frogs and cicadas were extremely loud. Louder than I've ever heard them at night around here. As we progressed down the trail, it felt like we had to talk over the cicadas. We sort of quietly yet frantically attempted at lightening the mood with conversation. Unbeknownst to me at the time, about a hundred meters down the trail, my partner had begun to hear what he thought were extremely distant voices. I also noticed that the cicadas got progressively quieter the further we got down the trail. We made it about a quarter mile before a sudden louder sound felt like it cut through the space between my ears. It was something like a glitching microphone or a megaphone way off in the distance. My partner pointed out to me later that there was nothing for the echo to bounce off of in that area. The moment we heard that sound, I stopped immediately and asked if he heard it too. Not only had he heard it, but he was convincing himself that he was hallucinating the sounds the entire time until I finally acknowledged it. Without discussion, we both immediately turned around and started walking at a fast pace back to the car. I felt like it was a bad idea to run, but we had to leave right away. We hoofed it back to the car with the feeling that something was following us all the way to the entrance. When we finally got back into the car and started driving, the feeling of urgency didn't go away. We made it all the way down the main road to our first turn and I felt a moment of complete confusion. As I slowed to the turn, my partner asked me, Do you know where you are right now? Because neither do I. We have literally driven this road thousands of times. I made a split-second decision to turn right, which was thankfully the right choice. The next road went along the perimeter of the park and parallel with the trail we were hiking. There was tons of fog, which hadn't been there on our way in. We spent maybe 20 minutes at the park. Just as we made our way past the area that we had turned around, another animal darted across the road in front of our headlights. It looked exactly like the one we saw on our way in, only closer and in more detail. It had silver eyes and what looked like ears or horns. It was still insanely fast and either a blur or a wraith. I don't know how else to describe it. I get this really weird feeling when I think about it or talk about it. The feeling started when I saw it run across the road the second time. I feel like it's because I acknowledge that Whatever that thing was, I couldn't explain it. I feel an almost burning sensation in my sinuses, my eyes water, and I get a strange tingling in the back of my skull. Like I said before, I'm usually a skeptic when it comes to this kind of stuff, but this experience has left me rattled. Looking for even more Disturbed? Join us on Patreon for ad-free listening, shout-outs, and Disturbing Calls bonus episodes at patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast. Apple users can subscribe to Disturbed Media Premium directly in the Apple Podcasts app.
And finally, we close out the show hearing from Reddit user Dear Meteor, featuring voice work by John Patnode. And we invite the wrong person inside. This story was when I was younger and braver and kind of did stupid stuff without thinking. It's a wild ride, and it's all true. I used to work at a pizza shop down the street from 2pm until they closed. I usually didn't get off until 11 or so at night. I had a car, but was close enough to walk, so I did that most days to save gas. This particular night, I was doing my usual thing. Jamming to one of my playlists, tired but happy to have a good job, and just generally happy with the way my life was going. Up ahead, about a block from my place, I see an attractive guy in dark clothing walking, but not with a purpose really. He was taller than me, maybe 5'10", 6' or so, and had shaggy brown hair. The closer I got to him, the more I could tell he was really good looking. Like, even in the dark of the night, I was starting to get excited. His features kind of escape me right now, but... I do remember his hair and his thick eyebrows. I took an earbud out, and because I'm from a dangerous city and never really cared about stranger danger, I decide to talk to him. Maybe even flirt a little bit. How's your late night going? It's good. Just looking to get drunk. Oh? (laughs) That I can help with. I've got a mini bar at my place. I live just down the street. That was not verbatim, but how the conversation went. During the walk back to my place, I got no red flags from this guy. He seemed totally normal, and I was honestly thinking, wow, just through sheer luck, I met this super hunky guy, and he seems cool and fun. I was beside myself, really. So, we get to my apartment on the second floor. I jump into host mode and offer him to have a seat and make himself comfortable. The apartment is about 640 square feet, so it's very small. Except for the bathroom, you can see the rest of the apartment from any area. I head into the kitchen, and while I'm pouring drinks, I glance back over at him. It was then that I noticed the first red flag. As I was asking him questions, he's more delayed with his answers, especially more so than he just was on a walk there. It was just odd to me. I go back over to the couch, pass him his drink, and sit down next to him. So, what do you do for work? I asked. Oh, I'm not here for sex. He puts his drink down on the table. What do you mean? I'm not after sex either. He stands up. What you got? He asks me. His nice guy vernacular and friendly face are now gone. I'm having a hard time processing what he means by this. I said, what you got? The second I stand up, he pushes me back. I fly across the room, hitting the floor, but not hard enough to pass out or anything. I get right back up, but he's already grabbed my laptop and my work bag. As I start towards him, he cuts around me and makes his way towards the front door. I'm right behind him when he makes it outside. I manage to grab hold of him and we tussle again in front of the door. Now I shout out, calling on help from the neighbors. It's late at night, so no one comes. I'm shouting, Please help! I'm being robbed! The thing is, he has my laptop. It's not just any laptop, I hate to admit it, but my entire life was on that laptop at the time. Important photos that I did not have backed up, thousands of dollars of music programs, video game programming stuff for a development team I helped, really expensive software, etc. It was, in my mind, irreplaceable. I give chase down the stairs, across the dog walk park, 
and as I start to gain on him, we tussle again, and the only thing I can focus on is my laptop. I knew that I had to, at any cost, get my laptop back. That was absolutely all I cared about. Somehow, I get a grip on my laptop. I tug at it again, and I guess he decides I'm not worth all this struggle. He gets up and starts to take off again. I now realize he still has my work bag. It has my cell phone and wallet, with my license, debit card, AAA card, etc. in it. I take off towards him again, and this time, he shouts back at me, Follow me and I'll stab you again! This makes me stop in my tracks as he gets away. Underneath a street lamp, along the sidewalk, I immediately inspect myself. Was I stabbed? No way, there's no way. Then, I see blood running down my leg. I see blood on my arm. Two places where he cut me good. I'm scared, but the blood makes it look worse than it is. I decide that's enough. I got my laptop, and that's all I really wanted anyway. I hobble back home, and get inside, and lock the door. I called the cops using my neighbor's friend's phone, and the next day I filed a police report explaining the situation showing the stab wounds and declining medical services. I can't afford that, and I was fine, all things considered. So, all that guy got was a crappy cell phone and a wallet with like 30 to 40 bucks in it. The cop called my friend back several days later and said that they were not able to find this guy and that he would keep me posted. This was years ago, so I don't know where the robber is now, but I have every electronic thing of importance backed up on multiple drives to this day. Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. Thanks to our sponsor, Rocket Money. If you're interested in saving money on your subscriptions, please use our special link at rocketmoney.com slash disturbed to help support the podcast. Don't forget you can send in your own true terrifying tale. Head over to disturbedpodcast.com slash submit. If you'd like to get ad-free episodes of Disturbed as well as some bonus content, visit us over at patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast. And speaking of, here's a shout-out to our newest supporters over on Patreon. Nisa, Sebast Witkowski, Allison Gomez, Jonathan Van Zegg, Heather Wine, Stacy Olis, Ayla, and Andrew Settles. Thanks to all of you for supporting the show. Music by Carl Casey at WhiteBatAudio and Co.ag. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And don't forget to stay safe out there, y'all. Disturbed.